I don't know if it's really a surprise, but I think like when you're testing and you're trying these things in your onboarding experience, like don't get discouraged, right? You know, it's gonna take, you know, a few times for you to get that one like major success. Welcome to Behind the Experience, where we give you an inside look behind the people who create the product-led experiences that we love. Each week, we'll cover inspiring UX examples, hard-earned lessons, and proven strategies from experts around the world. This is one of your co-hosts, Ramley John, and with Lila and myself, we're going to be chatting with Taylor Sell, the director of product at Cranual. Now, Cranual is a platform for companies to easily create tool uh, training uh, to onboard, train, and scale teams. And today we're going to be talking about hotspots and creating how they showed video tutorials through hotspots. Now, often when we think about onboarding, it's ones that get in the way of user experience. And in this one, we're going to be chatting particularly about how to create non-intrusive educational content to really help users get and see the value of your product. So let's jump in on our chat with Taylor. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Really Good UX Show powered by AppQs, where we geek out on frameworks, tools, and inspiring examples that drive product adoption. This is Ramley John, your host, and I have here my lovely co-host, uh, Lila. Hello, everyone. Bouncing around and being distracting and annoying, as usual. You can't see me, but you could hear me, probably. Uh, so today, we have Taylor Sell, uh, one of my favorite customers here at AppQs. He's the director of product over at Trainual a leading SaaS platform transforming the way businesses onboard, train, and scale teams. How's it going, Taylor? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for having me here. And it's great to see the both of you again. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Big fans of Train You All. We had a great time at the AppQs experience hanging out with you um, and chatting with you about onboarding there. But we're going to keep talking about it here because, um, you know, we're obsessed with onboarding just like a tiny, tiny bit at AppQs. Not sure if you knew that already. Um, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, so the first question um, I wanted to ask you if we could just dive right in is how do you define onboarding and train you all? Yeah, I think, um, I'm trying to think about how to say this without using the word onboarding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically, how do you educate or train new users on how to leverage and use your product that will ultimately set them up for success to see the, the value in your product? And if you do that well, that's you know onboarding in a nutshell. I love the um, really excellent student uh, approach to that and not using the word to define the word. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a game, I think, with that where, you know, guess this word without saying the word. Yeah, yeah taboo, yeah. right? Taboo. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, no, um, that makes a ton of sense. Totally agree with that. I mean, how, I'm just curious, like, when you all were thinking about that definition at Trainual, how how do you who owns that? Uh, is there any one person that owns onboarding there, or is it more of a cross-functional ownership? Yeah, it's a hundred percent cross-functional, right? So uh, there's so many different inputs that build kind of an onboarding experience, and and I can break down like even a little bit further too. Like so for us, like there is there's pre-sale and there's post-sale onboarding, right? And both of those things together build out the actual onboarding experience. But um, like for us, like pre-sale, 
So that's like, you can sign up for uh, the product. You have a seven day trial. You can actually use it, uh, learn about the product, see if you like it, and then ultimately purchase, right? And once you purchase, there's a whole uh, experience to actually get you to use the product more, get, get it set up. And we have a whole different experience there, right? And so there's really two different functions that we look at when we're thinking about onboarding, but there's so many different people that play a part of that, right? So on the marketing side, like, what are the ads that we're putting out there? What channels are we going after? How are we acquiring new customers and setting them up and showing them the value of our actual product to obviously product uh, itself? Like how do we in, in the application, like guide people and educate people and show them what they can actually get with our products? Our sales team obviously targets uh, specific types of customers as well. Uh, and then obviously with that post-sale side on the CX side, like just account management and how you get people up and running and make sure they're a healthy account. Like there's so many different inputs. Uh, and, and so for us, like it's super important that all of those different functions are you know super aligned and we're all saying the same messaging. Cause if you aren't like it, it feels disjointed, it feels like you're all working in silos. So it's for us, we don't have one team that owns it. We all work together and it's important that, if anyone is impacting the actual onboarding experience or what we do with our customers, like we are collaborating with every single, you know, function at Trainual to make sure we're not making changes that impact other areas. And if we make a change to our product, like marketing and sales and CX and also say that same type of messaging. So it's, it's definitely cross-functional. I love that and sounds uh, familiar to my ears. Um, <laughs> all things I've heard before, but I'm wondering um, and I work with on a daily basis, but I'm wondering, like, you know, when you're splitting up uh, post-purchase mm -hmm. and pre-purchase onboarding, mm -hmm. have you noticed a huge difference in the behavior of those different cohorts within, um, like, your flows or the actions that you want to drive them to? Because, like, I'm kind of seeing that with our trial at AppCuse, and I'm wondering yeah. how common that is. Yeah, I think it's, that's a really good question. I think it's um, for us, like the pre-sale is more about getting familiar with the product. Are they logging in and using it? And are they doing some of the core actions that we expect them to do? And then post-sale, it becomes more of uh, reproducing those core actions multiple times, right? And so like for us with a, as a training and onboarding software, documentation is super important, right? So if someone's taking the time pre-sale to actually build out that document, write something down, like that's one of the core behaviors we want to see. But, you know, you're not done with one document, right? You're going to have, you know, tens, uh, you know, of documents, right? And so what we really want to see like post-sale is like, are they continuing to build out more documentation? Are they doing some of those early behaviors, but at a higher scale? And that's really kind of the bigger difference that we typically see on the post-sale side. Interesting. And kind of jumping on that, that thought train, um, you're kind of leading it already to it. Um, exactly how, you know, between pre-sale and post-sale, yeah. what does success in, in onboarding, let's say for pre-sale look like? Is it like setting up the document and, you know, getting that launch or, or is it something else that you've, you've kind of aligned everybody in the team to say, Hey, this is what we're, this is the key action or, yeah, people call yeah. it the aha, the aha moment or whatever the, that, moment, the, yeah, the value yeah. point, the so, value moment. Uh, yeah, it is for that pre-sale. So for us, there's a, there's a couple of things, and I, I'll focus mostly on the pre-sale side of things. So we, like I mentioned earlier, we have a, a free seven-day trial, right? So anyone can sign up for the product; they get access to everything, like the full feature set. They can do absolutely anything in that seven-day trial. We want them to try it out. We want them to see if it's going to be the right tool for them. But our ultimate goal in that kind of that part of the onboarding experience is to get them to convert to a paying customer, right? So at the end of those seven days, 
our like measure of success is that they put a credit card in there and they pick a plan and they pay for the product. Right. But leading up to that, some of the things that we're looking at, there's, there's two different buckets that we're looking at. One is what we call interested trialers. And the second is what we call activated trialers. Um, and so when someone signs up our interested trialer group, there's a couple of behaviors that we're looking at there. So are they logging in uh, and recording multiple sessions or are they doing any key behavior? And so when I, I mean like anything, like so like configuring an org chart, setting up a role and documenting someone's responsibilities, inviting a user, building out like a policy or process or some sort of documentation, any of those core behaviors. We know that they are interested because they're trying the product out, they're clicking around, they're navigating, and that's what we, we, we call them interested, right? And the, the great thing about that is about 40% of our trialers will actually get into that interested state. And when they hit that amount or when they get into that bucket, they convert anywhere between 20 to 25%, which is you know pretty good for us, right? And then that second bucket, which we call activated, is the two major behaviors or key behaviors that give someone the highest chance of becoming a paid customer. And so our activated metric is looking at, they publish a document, so they make that document accessible to everyone in their company, or they invite someone into the system and that user logs in or they accept their invite, right? And so um, that type of metric, uh, customers will typically convert around 40 to 45% when they get into that bucket. And that's about you know, 20 to 25% of our customers will actually get to that in the, in the seven day trial. So like, those are some of the things that we're looking at based on behaviors and then how they actually mature in that seven days. And what's great about that is like, ultimately we can see within day one, like of that trialing cohort, like, is this going to be a good uh, group of customers? Like what's the chance of them converting? Are they doing the behaviors that we want them to do? And that also allows us to tailor different things on the marketing side and how we package things or how we message things and see like, can we get more people into a trial and can we get them to do some of those behaviors early on um, to ultimately get us to that end state, which is you know, a paying customer. Yeah, totally. I mean, that sounds like my dream funnel meeting right there. I mean, do you have, especially those metrics, yeah. but do you have like, like, is that, do you know, you know, you don't have to tell me, but do you know, or us, sorry, Ramley, I know you're here. And so are the <laughs> listeners. Um, do you know what your best sources for like your most highly activated cohorts are? Like that's every marketer's yeah. dream. Yeah, I, yeah, I would, I would love to say that we, we have all those answers, right? I think it's one of those things where, you know, we know that things like referral is some of our most successful. So if it's coming from a friend or the referred, like the chance of them converting is, is much higher, right? But um, yeah, a lot of our like organic is a, is a major driver for us. So we're big on brand and putting you know, materials out there and just building awareness, right? Like organic uh, and SEO is a big thing for us. And then obviously paid channels as well. Uh, we do dabble in social as well as like uh, Google paid and things like that. But those are a lot of the major channels that are bringing our, our trialers in. But yeah, referral and, and uh, organic is our two big drivers there. Yeah, we, we see the same thing at AppKeys as well. I wanted to ask you about those, uh, those conversion stuff that you mentioned earlier. Like if they're interested, they convert at this. If they're activated, they're 40%. How did your team come up with uh, to that? Like, I'm I'm guessing there was some number magic, <laughs> some yeah. magician in the background uh, numbers. It could yes. be you. Yeah. It could be it's you. not me. I'll tell you that. Who, who calculated that? Because <laughs> that's something that people want to drive to. Like, if they do X, they're more likely to con they're X percent more likely to convert. So, how did you guys figure that out? 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of trial and error, right? And so uh, in the in the earlier days, like really what it was, was just like listening to our customers and asking them a lot of questions or working with our customer facing teams or our sales team to see like, where are people gravitating to? What are they trying to do? And we we came up with our own type of metric from that. Um, and so that's how we started to do that. And once you put that tracking in place, you can start to measure like, okay, like, what are we seeing? What are we learning from this? And then is there something we need to be adjusting or new insights that are coming in? So a lot of it started from just like the team and surfacing those insights and then reevaluating what we thought was the metrics early on. Um, I'll give a quick shout out to our analytics team. Um, they're one of the main reasons why we're able to have such like detail on some of those metrics. But as soon as we got some of our data and like just tracking in place, we were able to say like, okay, these are all the core behaviors that basically mean they're using the product. Now let's map that back to like conversion rate and uh, session activity and things like that. So like, it's definitely been an evolution for us. It just wasn't out of the gate where we're like, we knew this is exactly what people were doing in the product. But we started with just like qualitative insights, talking with our customers, talking with the people that were typically, you know, positioning and selling the product. And that was the foundation for it. And then we built to the point of having like an analytics team that could actually measure all of that. It totally makes sense. I uh, really appreciate you sharing that. I think that's something that a lot of teams are trying to drive towards. I want to jump into some of the really good UX stuff that your team is is doing and, and showing. Uh, one of them, uh, as I, I'll show this, and I'm going to describe it for people who are tuning in over the podcast. Uh, as soon as you sign up, I did this yesterday. As soon as I sign up, uh, there's this modal that appears, building your account. And at the bottom, it says, who you're going to train? It actually... I apologize to you early because I signed up like five or 10 times or 20. I forget. I lost count. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ramley's coming and, for your free trials, people. Watch out. And there was different messages. And I can't remember. There was a funny one that I was just like, that's that's actually funny. Uh, and it's, what was this, what's the story behind this humor or this message so that I guess people don't usually think about this, but your team, yeah. uh, the folks at Trainable obviously did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a testament to like our, our marketing team, our product marketing team, and, and really kind of defining our voice and how we want to be represented as a brand in the market. Uh, and that's something that we've we've always done a really good job with, you know, how we're perceived and our ads and things like that. And we always try and bring humor to it. Right. And so, you know, in the early days, you know, years ago, like we, we really our our product didn't necessarily map to that that voice, that tone. Right. And so. Uh, this is one of those efforts to obviously like start building the the two together and uh, like training and onboarding isn't necessarily like the most fun thing right like when you think about like hey i have to go get trained or i have to go through some sort of policy whatever the case is like it can be stale it can be boring right mm -hmm. and so like for for us and like how we want our product to be represented is just to be fun and playful and just get people, even if it's, you know, it is a, a policy or it is something that's a little bit more dry, like let's have fun with it. Right. And this is just like a, a nod to that when people are signing up, like we're, we're big fans of gifts and memes and things like that and introducing that into your, your training materials. And we give people those types of resources so that they can build that into their own you know, processes and documentation. Just so, like I said, we can make it a little more lively, a little bit more playful. Uh, and, and it's not such a, a daunting task to go in there and, you know, consume your materials. I love that. I love that so much. I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm a fan of jokes. Um, but uh, I think it makes things more memorable. And I think that Very lately, true. like, in general, with 
um, product development over the past few years. I feel like, I know this is kind of like, everyone's going to laugh at me saying this, but like delighting people used to be a thing that we talked about all the time. And I feel like we don't talk about delighting people anymore. Like it's all about growth. It's all about, um, you know, onboarding. I mean, I'm talking about it all the time, but like delighting people used to be a thing um, yeah. that we talked about all the time. I know I just said that 50 times, but it's true. Like at coming up with little experiences like that, or like adding that bit of panache, like the confetti to the Asana um, finishing things. Like, I feel like those little elements have sort of gone away in, a, in business to business apps. Like I feel like they're blowing up in consumer apps, but um, not in B2B. So I really, I really love that. Is there any other little delights that you have added throughout? Um, so there's obviously messaging and things like that. We, we obviously try and uh, incorporate gifts. There are, we do have a couple Easter eggs in the product as well. Like if you do a certain action, like you'll get something that a gift that pops up, what? but I cannot, <laughs> I cannot tell you how you get there. I do not want to spoil Oh no, please don't, so please don't. You, you please have to get in there and you have to try the product. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like those are, those are some of the things that we've obviously tried to do. We're actually working on a 404 page right now that nice. I will not I will not express it. I don't want to ruin the surprise from the team, but there will be some delight in the 404 page. Obviously, no one ever likes going to a 404, so we want to make it a little bit fun and exciting when you do get to that. But I mean, to the point that you were making, like one of the things that we we try and do at Trainual, especially on the product and design side, is uh, you have like I like to think about like when you're building functionality, you're building experiences. There's your, your there's your must-haves and things like hey, this won't work without this. We need we must have this right in the experience or in the feature. There's the uh, performance or performance, like how do we kind of like make people more proficient at their job or like expedite this? That's like um, your power user type functionality. And then we have delight, right? And so there's a, there's a general rule of thumb. It's like, hey, first thing you do, first thing you build for your MVP is all the must-haves and maybe one or two delights, but you got to throw that in there, right? And so like you use that rule of thumb, like, and just get that surprise or that, like that unexpected kind of thrill for people. They're going to keep coming back and trying the product. And because you, you kind of hook them with some of that, some of that delight stuff. So I, I absolutely love those different types of experiences. Yeah. I love that you include it in your must haves. I think most people are like, no, it's a skateboard. Um, we're going, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Right. So Love that. Love that so much. Um, yeah, same here. One of the other, like, hit, it took me a while to find this uh, this hotspot. I think it's in a specific page. I feel like it's a little bit of a Easter. It might be an Easter egg as well. Where, like, I think it, that's the beauty about hotspots. It's like it's it's uh, it's subtle. Like, it's not in your face, and it's very effective if people need help. Uh, and I'm showing the screen for people who are, are tuning in over podcasts again. Uh, it says right b beside um, a heading called processes, there's like this a blinking hotspot. And when you click on it, um, a video pops up and I click on the video and it kind of describes somebody describing like, I'm guessing how to set up a process here. You've said that there was some interesting experiments and results or data that you have about this. I'm curious what that is, Taylor, can, if you can share a little bit about it for folks who are tuning in. Sure. Yeah. So like ultimately when we when we started to think about our onboarding experience for, for trialing customers, what we really started to, to see is the more we put in front of them or the more tours or more guided we tried to make it, the less they engaged, right? And so when we really took a step back and looked at like, who are the people that are signing up? Like who, who is that persona? Who is our target customer that's typically signing up for a trial? What we really found is it's, it's, um, you know, C-level founders, um, 
business owners, like department heads, HR leads, like people that are running departments or running organizations. And they never, well, I shouldn't say they never, but a lot of those people, they, they don't have time, right? And so, you know, they're relatively tech savvy. They're typically going to figure things out on their own. So when they get into a product, they're, they're kind of have that attitude of like, hey, get out of my way. Let me figure it out. If I need your help, I'll come ask for it, right? And so um, when we really started to understand those type of people coming in, Hotspots was a great way of saying like, hey, we're here if you need us, but we're going to stay out of your way until, until you actually need us, right? And so uh, we ran a test with, uh, these hotspots with you know educational content or just kind of how to how to use the page, how to set it up, the value behind that area of the product. Uh, and when we when we did a 50-50 split, like some of our activation metrics as well as our conversion rate like skyrocketed. Uh, and so uh, our activation metric went up uh, 100%, and then our conversion rate went up 80%. And so like that's those are pretty massive numbers to increase that. And so it's a testament to the team and understanding who's coming in and just saying like this is how they learn this is how they think so let's build an experience around that um and and it was a it was a pretty big win for us as a as an organization and just how we onboard our customers into the product i love it and i'm like one thing that jumps out at me and it looks like it's on purpose but i don't know if you tested this to be this way but that the hotspot is the same blue color as the trial banner so to me, like, at least I think it is a similar blue shade. So it kind of connects to me that it's like another trial message. Did you test that? Or was that from the get-go? Uh, we did not, but I like the observation there. Um, that That's like our branding color. So we wanted to obviously make that, uh, make that match. But I would love to say that we were testing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just wondering, because it like, to me, right? Like I would expect the hotspot to maybe be purple. Um, just because of like your brand purple being the CPAs, but mm -hmm. like, I really like the fact that it is the same color because, you, you know, for those of you who can't see the screen, they also, you know, along with the hotspots, they have an awesome persistent trial banner that says how many days are left in their trial with like a little hourglass. And then on the right, there's an upgrade now button and a view demo. I love these types of persistent trial banners. I've seen them work so well when you can get them added in. But yeah, I just love that, that that it's the same color there. It makes me feel like it's related to the trial or something yeah. like that. Like these That's are my awesome. trial colors. <laughs> That's great insight. And, and, it's, and it's funny you bring up the trial banner. You're actually through this screenshot, you're going through an A-B test that we're running right now. So we're actually, we revamped the entire uh, trial banner um, just to one, see if we can get people to convert earlier in that seven day trial and also give additional resources. Obviously the countdown there is seven days, like that'll actually count down as you're going through your trial to create a little bit more urgency and things like that. But uh, yeah, you're, you're going through one of our tests right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So that's a good segue to my next question. Like, you know, throughout this, maybe with the hotspot or any of the other experiments you've been running and onboarding, you know, is there something that really jumped out at you, really surprised you in a positive way or maybe in a negative way, some like major fail? You don't have to share your fails. You don't, you probably don't have any, Taylor. I mean, <laughs> everyone's, got everyone's got failures. Um, yeah, as far as like surprised, um, so um yeah we're as much as we are testing like more times than not we are having failures i think as an organization but that's what makes it fun right to have one of those like cool wins and some of those cool metrics that come out of one of those tests that you're running absolutely yeah not all tests are winners that's why it's a test yes <laughs> otherwise well 
Well, wow, we'd just be all so good at our jobs. We'd it's just so true. be able to <laughs> spin things up and they all work. Everyone Instead would do small. it if it was that easy, right? Yeah, right? No, 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 no. Most of them, but we mostly only, you know, share the stuff that wins because that's also mm. what's interesting, I think, a mm. lot of the time. It's like, why did this win? What was it that did that? Uh, you know, hearing about losses is something I think we all experience. So we're kind of like, oh, yeah, we tried that or... Oh yeah, we haven't tried that yet. We'll try that. It work for us. Anyway, totally true. And I guess it's a good segue to like talking about experiments and tests. What kind of experiments and tests are you excited to try next? You and your team. Are there any ones that you're kind of looking forward to, or ones that you're like super jazzed about to? I mean, you talked about that persistent manner, but are there any other ones that you're you're that's coming up that um, is interesting to you? Yeah, we. Um, I can speak to a couple of those. Some of them are obviously in flight, and we'll be we'll be rolling them out relatively soon. But um, one of the things we talked a lot about, like in an onboarding experience, like the core behaviors that we want people to do, right? And there's obviously various different things they can do that will ultimately lead them to a paying customer. So one of the things that we're going to be rolling out here in the next couple of weeks is. Um, uh, we're calling it a universal ad, right? And so it's the ability to quickly do core actions from our primary navigation. So rather than having to navigate the product or go look around or like figure things out on your own, it's like, hey, if I need to invite someone, I have a core place to do that. If I need to go document something, I'm not thinking about navigating, like my mindset is I need to go document. And so how do we get people into that state, into the behavior that they want to do much quicker? Uh, and so we've we've got the first iteration of that out. We're going to be testing that kind of moving forward. But that's something that's really, really exciting to help, you know, get people to where they want to go faster. And this is obviously one way that we're, we're trying to encourage that. Um, outside of that, some of the bigger picture things that we're working on is, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a very fortunate position to uh, to be working with the team that I am. But like, we've got so much data on how companies operate all across the world, right? From different verticals, uh, different industries, different company sizes. And so one of the things that we're looking at exploring is how do we better educate people in the onboarding experience, not just how to use the product, but also set them up for success to say like, hey, based on where you're located, based on your industry, based on your company size, this is how the best organizations operate. This is how they structure. This is the roles. This is the responsibilities of those individuals. This is the processes that they follow. This is the policies that they institute. Um, and so we're really starting to explore that more and how do we surface some of these insights to, to, you know, to smaller businesses that are just getting started or trying to figure things out, right? They're obviously, they want to document for a reason so they can scale, right? So they have accountability for their people and they can train their people properly. And so that's what I'm really excited about is like starting to surface more of that to our customers and not just help them learn the product, but also be successful uh, as an organization or as a business. That's that's awesome. I, I think that that goes along with what we've been hearing a lot in the industry as a whole, I think, especially in B2B, which is templates, data. We have a lot of folks, I think, that did not grow up as digital natives or either brand new to technology in general, yeah. even if they did, or brand new to using technology in their daily work. Um, so I think we often, like, as technologists, forget that we... <laughs> that there's a learning curve for some of this stuff. And there's things that a lot of people don't know. And I love that example. That was something I wanted to work on when I was over at Jazz and applicant tracking system. The same kind of thing. We had years and years of all this data about like what location, how long it would take you to fill your job, what the best job description could be. And like, 
being able to surface all of that information. My dogs are really excited about it as well. But being able able to just surface that is, you know, it's really, really valuable. And like having a good engineering basis so that when you start a product that you have structured data to be able to actually use your own product data to serve back to your customers is huge. I think that that ends up being a technical hurdle down the road that I'm getting a little nerdy in engineering on, but um, it's just something that I think about. And like, it's a huge opportunity. If you've had a product that's been sitting around for a while, you have data, you have a lot of data, serve it back to your users. Listen to Taylor. He knows what he knows what to do. He knows what to do. I love it. I love it. I want to get into Trainual and start a free trial again. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to blow up your team again. Ramley's like enough. Ramley can't sign up for any more trials, but yeah, Ramley's bought, there's a Ramley exclusion list on every trial set up. Set up. <laughs> Just kidding, Ramley. Well, Taylor, where can people find out more about the cool stuff you're doing and can connect with you on LinkedIn? Do you have any other things that you're working on? Um, yeah, I would definitely say uh, if you're interested in learning more about Trainual, go to trainual.com. Like I'm always looking for like really talented product and design people. Um, so if you're interested in the B2B SaaS space and helping you know organizations grow um, through documentation, like hit me up. We can definitely uh, chat more about opportunities there. Um, LinkedIn, occasionally I'll post there from time to time. I would say check me out on other social media platforms, but you're not going to find much. Maybe a few photos of my dog and maybe my wife, but uh, you're going to be let down a little bit there. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely LinkedIn is probably the best place to connect with me. All right. And you're hiring. We are. We are always hiring. We're always looking for the for the right people uh, for the team. So. Awesome. So check out their careers page. Maybe go connect with Taylor on LinkedIn if you're looking for one or two posts. <laughs> definitely uh connect to them and follow what Trainual is doing they're an awesome team um and that's all the time we have for today i'm sure we will not leave taylor alone and the folks at Trainual will want to hear from them again sometime and be around but thank you so much everybody for tuning in and uh taylor we really really appreciate your time thank you so much thanks so much taylor anytime